Welcome to Chats About Success. It's a podcast to know how Filipinos can succeed in today's world. I'm your host, Daniel Antin, and today's episode is sponsored by the Entitled Podcast Network. If you're interested in starting your own podcast or if you want someone to manage your podcast promotions or edit your podcast for you, the Entitled Podcast Network has got you covered. Full disclaimer, this is my own company, so if you can work with me to get your podcast on the air, send an email to entitledgroupofficial at gmail.com. And today, our very first guest on the show, man, in 2015, I told her that she'll be my first guest ever if ever I started a podcast. I don't know the math, but 2021 now, and today we'll make that into a reality. She's one of my best friends. She's amazing, and uh, you can definitely learn a lot from her. Everyone say hello to Lucky Alabado. Lucky, what's up? Hey, Davi. Oh my God, first guest Long on the show, time. yo. I know, I'm so honored. Thank you. So hello, yeah. Lucky. How are you? Hi, doing good. Staying busy. <laughs> yeah, dude, if, if you think you're busy, you should check out Lucky's life. She is <laughs> amazing. Okay, so, so much to get into today. So to start, Lucky, tell us who you are and what you currently do. Hi, everyone. So I'm Lucky Alabado. I'm based in the Philippines and I manage a food, travel, and lifestyle blog called Discover MNL or Discover Manila. So it's basically a blog that shares anything and everything about the Philippines from its people, the culture, the events, the food, all the restaurants that are opening, and everything that that's um, related to Filipinos and the Philippines. That's amazing. So like, let, when did you start Discover Manila again? I started it back in 2015. 2015. Yeah. And then, like, so let, let's start with that. Because people just see your highlight reels. You know, your content is amazing. Um, can you quickly tell us what you do on a normal workday? You know, behind the scenes. But, you know, pre-COVID as, you know, someone who manages Discover Manila. Yeah. So pre-COVID na ano yeah, pre-COVID. pre-COVID um routine. So usually what we do, well, before when I started it, it was just me. I was doing all the content alone. So my routine then was I would wake up, I would check my emails, and then I would check if I have meetings for the day. Usually my meetings would be outside of my house. So we would meet somewhere in a cafe, maybe in a mall or at their office, and then Either I would pitch the services that I can do for them or they would um, consult with me on the content that I can do for their brand. So what usually happens is um, we come up with a content that would serve the brand um, better in the, in the online landscape. So what the, the content that I was doing before was more on photos. So more on um, advertising um, different brands through photos because that was my skill back then. And then, so um, when I'm outside and I have a meeting, usually I stay out. And then after the meeting, I would go back somewhere so I can work. So it's usually like I was a nomad back then. So I didn't have any office. I was working alone. I was technically a freelance um, content creator. So I would stay in cafes for long hours of the day and I would just make my content there. I would draft my proposals, my project ideas, and just post. So that was my usual day if there's no event or anything. And other days when we do have events, so I I leave the house in the morning and then we attend the event. Usually 
what I do is I take photos, I take stories and post them online. That's usually what they need from me. And afterwards, same same routine, I would go somewhere and work and finish all my deadlines. I would edit photos, I would do articles and stuff like that. So that was my routine back in 2015 until 2018 for three years. Yeah, but were you getting any rest at all? Because you were growing at such a fast pace and then you were doing it alone. How how did you manage? Um, I was also actually taking a second course back then when it all started. So I was studying while I was, I accidentally started a blog. And since it was back in 2015, 2015 was a social media era. It was starting. So there were no like um, guides. There were no courses or books that would offer what social media management or content creation is. So it was just something that I was trying to figure out on my own. So back then, I would be in school in the morning and then by afternoon, I would attend events and I would do proposals by the evening and then I would submit my content actually after school or during weekends. So that was that, that has been my routine when I started. Um, since my, my schooling before wasn't that heavy, I had time to spare. So usually I would have classes until 12 and then I would just have my lunch where the event is or where my meeting is. And that's how I managed my time back then. Got it. And look, you didn't start with fancy gear, right? How did you... You started with like... With my iPhone. phone. An iPhone what? I'm an iPhone 4S, if I'm not mistaken. 4S. Yeah, that was my first <laughs> iPhone. And that's like my a, favorite phone. It's like I started years with ago. that. <laughs> That's um, how, We're and old. then like how long did you stay with the with the iPhone in creating content? Um okay, so this is the reality. Yeah. I did not study photography. I did not know how to tinker with a camera when I started blogging. Technically, I did not know that I was starting a blog when this all happened. It was just me trying to post on Instagram the things that I'm interested in and the stuff that I want to explore and discover. That was the main goal. So initially, um, Discover Manila was supposed to be like my online bucket list, my diary, something that would store all the ideas that I want to do, all the places I want to go to. That was the main thing. And I really, I, it wasn't my intention for it to blow up and to be a career because back then in 2015, there wasn't anybody doing this as a career or as a full-time job. So I didn't really have any guide or nor did I like read something and oh let's do this. So it wasn't like that. It was really um I guess the universe aligned and gave me this opportunity, but it was just really out of timing, I guess. It was just at the right time it happened. And then I grabbed the opportunity. I told you I was um taking a second course back then. I took a leave from my course to pursue what what I've started accidentally. So yeah. Awesome. And how many followers do you have now? Does Discover Manila have now across all platforms? Across all platforms, we just reached 1.1 million. What the hell? The <laughs> average total views per month is like... Oh my God. It's like um, on Facebook, we get like 24 million. On YouTube now, because uh, a video trended and currently we are at 4 million views. And on TikTok, which is actually skyrocketing right now, we're getting like um, 
three to five million views. And on Instagram, our average analytics would be like uh, four to six million. This is, this is wild. That's crazy. <laughs> and like um, before you actually started Discover Manila, you were working for one of the biggest companies in the world, right? Yeah, um, under an FMCG company. Yeah, so if you want to know how hardworking Lucky is, I would call her up at like, you know, 1 a.m. and she's still in the office. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she, she got that hard work in her. Um, and then you mentioned that after the, you actually went for to school for a second degree. Um, and that's when you started Discover Manila, right? And then you made it your job. I, I just want to know, like, how did you start earning from this? Because you were someone with an iPhone 4S taking pictures, posting it on Instagram, and then deciding to make it your career. How'd that work out? Suddenly, like, suddenly, like, drop everything, right? Yeah. How'd that work out? Like, how did you it earn it first? A, it was a risk, but, um, well, I didn't drop my job and my schooling right then and there when it all started. So, uh, a few months in, after I did Discover Manila, um, brands started to reach out to me. Actually, like small restaurants did, but it was mostly for X Deal, which at that time, it was a big deal already to get collaborations from, you know, different businesses. Knowing that I was just me with my iPhone, just taking photos, posting things that I like. It was just something that was fun for me. And I wanted to do it if I had this platform. I was blessed with this platform and people are reaching out for me to help them. It was something I wanted to do, but it never occurred to me that it could be a profitable business or a career. So when I was starting, it was like um, I would get two to three messages from random brands. It could be like a bakery and they would send me food. They would send me bread at school. That was really how it all started. But then I wasn't earning anything. It was just really out of um, fun. I was enjoying what I was doing. I was enjoying tasting and like posting about it. And the blog is actually more in, on the informational side rather than a review blog. Because I always believe that like if I find something good, you might not find it good. So it really depends on our views. So I made it a, a goal to make the Sober Manila more of an in, informative platform. So I guess that was also uh, a strength of it when it started because people would go there and just be informed and then they would find out if they like the place or not on their own. It was just really a collection of, it was really just a collection of things that they could discover more for Manila. So like months in, there wasn't really any earnings. So I, I didn't expect it to be a business until like... Um, a restaurant contacted me and asked me if I could feature them, but it was really uh it was really far from where I'm from. So uh we negotiated and came up with a rate. So that was how like the rate started. <laughs> so it was really me um communicating with the brand and the brand communicating to me on their needs and what I need to have for me to meet what they need. So it was really um a compromise for both ends. So that was the start. And then I had a friend who was in the advertising industry back then. 
So before, if you're in the advertising industry, it would be TV, magazine, billboards, uh, you know, all those big stuff. And then they were still studying social media back then. But she knew about print ads, magazines, and all of these things. So she was trying to like um, educate me on how ads work. So that was the time that um, I was taught that you could actually use your reach online to promote um, promote brands and get paid for it. So it was not until a few months, or I think not just a few months, almost a year in before I landed the first paid project. If I'm not mistaken, or like two years. But it wasn't really right then and there. When I started blogging, I started earning. It's not like that. It was really a process that I learned every step of the way. Every progress that I had, it was a learning curve. And it was something I took with me until years after. And that was the only way I figured out how the industry worked. Got it. And there are people listening right now. And they'll probably tell you like, Lucky, of course, you can just drop everything and just, you know, be, be a social influencer and just blog because, you know, you're, you're well off to begin with. You know, what do you tell these people? Oh, that's what they don't know. <laughs> of course, they see what's, uh, what's in front of them, right? Or what I post online. But frankly, when I started, I wasn't supported by anybody then. So I was living off of I was living off on my own. I was paying my own bills. So the risk of me leaving my job was as big as anybody else who, who could have started a blog or who could have started a different career, a shift in their pathway. So it was really, uh, I guess I had that, um, what do you call that? Quarter life crisis. I was in that stage of my life that I did not know what I wanted to do, but I was having fun with this and there was an opportunity, but I did not understand fully what it was, but it was something I was willing to dive into and discover myself. And that was just like the the biggest risk, I guess, of my life. And it paid off. Uh, luckily, it paid off. <laughs> That's so powerful. How does this work though? Like you were just living off your savings, you know, from your work and from, you know, past, past savings? Yeah. Um, well, I was fortunate enough to have a paid internship. Like we were together. Yeah, yeah. So Davi and I worked at Wyoming for a year and uh, the pay was, uh, it was an internship, but it was paid. So I got the chance to save money from that. So that was what I was living off, living off, off with. And then when I got back in the Philippines, I worked for eight months under an FMCG company. So I saved up for that as well. So that was the the money that was just in my life. And I was trying to save until I got a stable career. That's amazing. Was it scary though to just decide to, okay, I'm going to go with a route that is not taken by most people and... But I like doing it, so I'll just do it. Was it scary when you did that? Or was it like, I'm determined to make this work. I can make this work. It was so weird because thinking about that now, it's scary. Like, if somebody would come up to me, a teenager, and would tell me, can I drop everything and just start this? I will not suggest for them to do it. But at that time, when it was me um, seeing the opportunities that was happening 
I just kind of took the plunge. But I, I do not suggest like people to do the same. It was more on, I still had time to kind of experiment on different um, paths, paths that I could go into. So I had that leeway from being broke, needing a job, to trying to find my passion. So I had that small opportunity, that that gap, that that, that opening right there that I just took. Because since I was studying, so I quit my job and then I started uh, a second course and then Discover Manila started in between those. So the I had to decide if I wanted to continue studying a second course which is if I did, I couldn't do the vlog anymore because I was taking up engineering that time and it was a major course. I couldn't really keep my focus out of that. So it was either I go into my majors or I leave and I start this, whatever this was back then. So I just kind of took the risk, the biggest risk of my life that time. So inspiring yeah. and everything paid off today. That's amazing. Um, Lucky, what, what's the most common misconception about, you know, being a social media influencer in today's world? That it's easy. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> that it's not a job and it's easy to do. Everybody can do it. But frankly, you know what? It's true what they say that everybody can do it because social media is free for everyone to use. But for them to say it's easy, it's not um, those are myths because <laughs> what happens behind content creation is number one, you need to make good content. And for you to make good content, you have to have an eye for either good photos or good videos, or you have a good storytelling um, talent. Because if not, you're just going to be one of the many who are trying. So you can't really put yourself out there and just be different. So that's what makes it difficult because since everybody can start it, everybody can can dream to be an influencer, everybody can be a content creator at this time. Since we're all mobile, we have laptops, we have cell phones. What will make you different from the millions who are trying to be what you want to be? So that was the thing that's most um, difficult. And apart from that is all the documents that you need to accomplish because since you're basically like running a production of your own. Mm. Let's say it's not just taking photos. It's actually thinking of a concept that would work for a brand. And then if you're going to be working with companies, you're going to do like a project briefs with them. You're going to have contracts if there are there's any monetary value involved. And all those little um, processes that you need to do on your own. Yeah. That's awesome. And like, What's the toughest part about it, though? Is it, is it the planning? Um, is it just creating content? What's the toughest part about you know about your job now? It doesn't stop. <laughs> I guess time management is the most difficult thing because when when it comes to content creation and being online, the online world does not stop. The trends do not stop. The especially if you're a platform that brands go to for advertisements, they don't stop. They need the mileage, they need the views, they need the content. We don't have holidays. We're busier during holidays, and actually, it really depends on the creator. But on our end, we had a 
um, well, now I have a partner, but before I had a hard time managing my time because my weekends would be full of meetings, would be full of content creation, and there's really no break because there's nobody. If I stop, the content stops. Mm. So that's what difficult. That's what's difficult about it. Like it's all. Um, it all depends on you. You're under control. But at the same time, if you get lazy and if you don't want to make content, you're not going to have a job. <laughs> you're not going to have a career. Exactly. Like, I, I remember there was a time when my girlfriend and I were were flying back and forth to Boracay. Like, I don't know, two flights a month. And then I messaged Lucky. I was like, Lucky, tra- traveling's not as fun as it seems. Because this was a time when uh, Lucky partnered up with a local airline company and they were flying every week, right? Yeah. For how long? No, like that was month? like uh, twice twice a month for a yeah. year. Twice a month for a year, man. And then what people see, uh, and then, you know, because people know that you're my friend and they always tell me like, man, Lucky has such a an easy life. All she does is travel and she gets paid to do it. But I'm like, you have no idea how hard it is to travel, then create content and fly as many times as she was. So mad respect to Lucky. Yo. And then um, let's go. COVID, COVID happened. Travel stopped. Um, and you started a business. It's called I Make Lemon Bars. Can you tell me about that? Like, how did that <laughs> begin? And why Lemon Bars? Yeah, so um, the funny story is like um, my partner's dad sent us a lot of lemons (laughs) and it's really rare for us to have lemons at home and I was really a fan of lemons. So we had an extra supply and I was just searching for things to do with it. And I remember I was craving for lemon bars, but it was the peak of quarantine and it was so hard to go out. And restaurants weren't really bringing as much within our area. So I decided to try and make one since I wanted it. And then I had um, I had my partner try it and he liked it. So I made it a couple more times before I sent it out to friends. Just to like kind of give them a sense of um, human connection amidst the pandemic. So that was my only goal. To like bake something that I like and share it to the to my friends just to make them feel like, hey, I'm still here until it blew up to what it is now again. When life gives you lemons, you make a business and you sell lemon bars. That's amazing. But like, how do you balance your time though between Discover Manila and I Make Lemon Bars? Because you're currently doing the production for everything, you know, for the production for the media company, you're doing it. The production of the lemon bars, you're doing it as well. How do you manage (laughs) So there was a moment when, I guess this is really uh, a personal problem already. So there was a moment when we started the lemon bars and we will have like zero sleep because we would end shooting at like five before the sun sets. And then we would start baking at six and we would end baking at like 3 a.m. And then we would dispatch orders by nine. That was the routine. And it happened for like two months when it was, it was really a crazy fiasco when it all started. And then, luckily, I met somebody. I met a commissary who was taking in, uh, taking in more projects. So we talked, and then we trained them for a month. And now, all the production for the lemon bars are on their end. So now I'm handling more on the marketing and taking orders, and you know, updating the customers. 
So it was really, it, I that was the time that I knew I needed help and I couldn't do it all on my own. <laughs> Love it. And like, this goes to my next question. Like, I, I always knew you uh, as a person who strives for excellence. Like, even in college, man, Lucky was one of the hardest working students ever. Um, I just want to know, like, were you always like this as a kid? And, you know, where did this come from? Um, I guess it's rooted from my childhood since I'm the youngest. You know how, like, um, in Filipino families, you would always want to be the star. Not really always, but there's this thing that you just want to achieve something. Or if your siblings achieve something else, you want to achieve something better than them. So it was kind of instilled to me. And I remember somebody telling me when I was a kid that I was an overachiever. And um, I never took that as a bad thing. When they told me that, it was just something that I realized that maybe I am, but maybe that's a good thing. Because before, you know, um, the usual the the usual thoughts that they have with overachievers are like you're doing too much, you're not you're doing so much unnecessary stuff. But then for me, it was just something that I like I, I like myself to be. So if I'm an overachiever, I've been one since I was a kid and until now. I guess that's why I don't stop as well. Since my career is something that's also, um, you can't really study it for long because the trends change. Mm. So it's something that I keep wanting to learn more about. <laughs> Got it. So like, for, for context, for everyone who's listening, if you want to know how much of an overachiever Lucky is, I will never forget this moment. We were classmates in a class, yo. And then we were presenting at the same day. You know, but our presentation in class, we're like, um, okay, here, professor, here's our PowerPoint, and then we'll just read off of it. Lucky rented lights, y'all, like RGB LED lights, and then set up a private room with her team and the professor to do to do the project, you know. It was crazy. And that's just that's just how she works, man. That's not even, you know, that that's basically like her mindset for everything is just do things at the best of her abilities, you know, and, and that's why she's where she is now. Um, Lux, I want to ask, what's your ultimate goal? My ultimate goal is to find more avenues for passive income. Mm. Like um, with the pandemic that happened and us being able to work at home, but realizing that we get so burnt out with work, it was it, it kind of hit me that I need to find more ways to, you know, to keep working, but not overwork myself. And that I need to find um, income streams this time around that would work on their own without me having to be 100%, you know, present at all times. So that's my ultimate goal for career on the financial wise. And then for Discover, it's just something that I want also to grow on its own. So not much on the passive income, but I want the brand to speak for itself. I want it to reach a stability point that it just, people just know it and people just know what it's about. Got it. And 
super cheesy question, but I think it's super powerful. Like, what's your definition of success and what's the highest form of success to you? Success for me is contentment. So it's not the riches, it's not the the fame, it's not the likes or whatever number it is. It's just really contentment. When you reach a point in your life that you're just happy, even though you don't have a mansion, even though you don't have luxury cars, but you're just happy, for me, that's success. Love it. That, that's the same for me as well. If someone asks you, like, like you know, a normal person asks you, like, lucky, how do you be, how can you be happy? How what's your you answer? Happy? Yeah. Like, what's the secret to happiness? Stop comparing yourself to others. Stop reaching for things that you know are, or not really. Like, I want you to be ambitious, but you have to be realistic as well. So if you're thinking of goals that you want to achieve, make sure you put the action to achieve it. And don't beat yourself up if you do not achieve it right then and there. Because I've met so many people who want to be successful right away, even though they just started taking step number one. So don't rush it. And just enjoy the process of, you know, chasing your success or chasing your happiness. Love that. So, Lux, before we get into the last three questions, I just want to say thank you again for taking the time. Um, I know you're super busy. Um, <laughs> and, you know, super proud of what you've achieved. Um, yeah. When Lucky was starting in 2015, uh, it's also the same time when my girlfriend and I started our business. And she would, like, I don't know, man. We were, like, one of her first features ever. In her yeah. in Manila, and now she's she just blew up to millions of you know people following her content. Super proud of you, and I know you'll just achieve greater things from here on, yo. Uh, Lux, if people want to get in touch with you or follow you online, where can they find you? Hi, so you guys can find me at Discover MNL or Discover Manila on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and we also have a community. It's called Discover Manila. Hashtag one discover. So that's a place where you can actually share your food and travel adventures across the Philippines. And on Instagram, um, my personal public profile is actually at Lucky of Discover MNL. So you can get in touch with me there. You can message me for anything, for questions about social media or whatever it is that I can help you with. Awesome. And who do you know that should be on the podcast next? Oh, let me see. I actually am interested to have you guest somebody who also does podcasts, but in a totally different field. So um, there's this coach in the Philippines. He's a black belter. His name is Coach Franco, and he does podcasts as well. He's he's an he's a very interesting person, and I'm sure you guys are gonna have like a really good conversation. Got it. Okay, I'll reach out to that to Coach Franco for sure. Last yeah. question. If you were to give one tip for somebody to be successful, what would it be? Don't limit yourself. Just keep on training your mind that you can achieve good, great, and better things in life. Because once you stop dreaming, once you stop aiming for something, then your life also stops there. Lucky Alabado, everyone. Thanks, Lux, for stopping by. <laughs> Thank you.
And that's it, folks. That ends today's episode. If you want to watch a full video of this episode, just subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search for Chats About Success. And to get more content behind the scenes, or if you want to be a part of the community, follow us on Instagram at instagram.com slash successchats. And if you want to be a guest on the podcast or know anyone who might be interested in being a guest on the show, just send an email to chatsaboutsuccess at gmail.com. Until then, I hope you achieve your goals. And I'll see you on the next episode. Peace.